<laughs> Shut up, butthead. I'm talking about pens. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Erasable Podcast. I am Gamber, comma, John, and I am joined for this first episode of 2017 by Wellfly, comma, Andrew. Wassum, comma, Timothy is considerably ill tonight and we wish him a speedy recovery and the best hot toddies Tennessee has to offer. Tonight we are lucky enough to have Courtney Cochran, marketing and design director at Hester & Cook on the show. If you've, enjoyed a thin br- if you've enjoyed a thin bridge pencil, an interestingly named jumbo hex pencil, or a chalky white grease pencil with a gold cap on top, then you've got Courtney to thank. How are you folks this evening? Good, comma, Johnny. <laughs> doing well. Doing that would be well. Johnny, comma, good. I don't, I don't understand why we're, why we're doing this. I don't either. <laughs> I wrote the intro really early this morning. <laughs> oh, good. One of the children woke me up. Yeah. So cool, yeah. I think um, I th- we've definitely talked about Hester & Coke products a lot on the show before, so... Yeah. Um, in the middle of our uh, After Dark episode about the Gilmore Girls because she had a lot of very insightful comments. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> she didn't have her Skype capabilities, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we've never gotten to talk about uh, aesthetic pencil design with someone yeah. who actually does it. Yeah. It's so awesome. And also, yeah, I'm definitely, like, interested in hearing um, just about, like, Hester and Cook in general because, like, I feel like all I know about Hester and Cook is their pencils. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, once we get through some of the tools of the trade and and stuff, love to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Should we jump right in? Sure. Awesome, Courtney. Do you want to go first for tools of the trade? Sure. So right now I am digging. Um, I guess these are the things I've been listening to outside of pencil podcasts. Uh, really been digging on the Tim Ferriss show. Um, listening to Ninety Nine Percent Invisible and also Another Round. So I'm real, real heavy into the podcast right now. Um, What's another round? It is. It's these two girls who I think might be BuzzFeed writers. I think is their their nine to five, um, but they just interview a variety of people, um, and really they kind of keep you abreast of like what's going on nationally, whether that's politically, pop culture, um, any of those good things. And they get on a lot of like heavy hitters, um, really great interview subjects. So yeah, I recommend that one. Being in a Hester and Cook marbled journal uh, and using a Mitsubishi 9800 uh, matured micro graphite lead pencil. (laughs) Ooh, <laughs> mature yeah. micrographite. Yeah, I, I practiced no <laughs> for the packaging, but the pencil, I'm actually enjoying itself, too. Hmm. Cool. Well, I am, um, what have I been digging lately? Uh, Johnny put down Blue's Clues and Fraggle Rock for me, so... I definitely, yeah, I definitely got him in some Fraggle Rock. This is Tim. He was on Cole Benson. He wasn't himself. <laughs> he was. He didn't know what he was doing. Now, I, um, there's a, a show that this, a season just ended on, um, crap, I don't know what channel it was on, but it's, uh, it's called Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And the show itself is pretty bad, <laughs> I thought. Um, 
but it got me thinking about it's actually uh, two books written by Douglas Adams, who's a just a pretty fantastic British um, science fiction writer, like humor writer. He wrote the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy in five parts. Um, but he also <laughs> had a couple other books that I really like called Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. So I recently reread those two books. They go pretty quick. And I've, I probably read both of those books like four or five times. I just, just love that series. Um, there's the original one, which is named Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And the sequel is... Um, the Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, which is pretty great. Um, so, yeah, recently rereading those. I'll put a link in show notes. Um, if you like British, um, like, I wouldn't say magical realism humor, but like British combined with like, like kind of a fantasy element. He's pretty great. Um, the other thing is, I wish he was here because he would get into this, but there's a podcast called Roderick on the Line. Um, you've heard us talk about this before, right? Right, Johnny? I've heard you talk about it, but I haven't heard um, the podcast. So it's a, it's a San Francisco guy named Merlin Mann who's a um, – he used to be like a like a productivity blogger, and he just was an internet personality that kind of morphed into um, like a like a humor guy for tech people, basically. So he has this podcast with John Roderick, who is a uh, the lead singer from The Long Winters. And it was also sort of an internet personality, like a like a talker. And they have this podcast where they just have conversations, and sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's not. Uh, most of the time, it's funny. Um, and so uh, he's from Seattle. John Rombrook is. So um, this week has been San Francisco um, Sketch Fest, and they did a live recording model, so I went to it. It was pretty great. Wow, Toffer in the chat room says that John Roderick has hugged him twice. What? You go no reason, but John Roderick gives good hugs, but they're like their hugs. <laughs> he must be a hugger. Um, so yeah, I got to see that live last night, or no, two nights ago. It was it started at ten thirty, which in the in the evening, which I didn't know about when I bought tickets. It was a little late for me, um, but yeah, it was pretty good. So I am writing today with a. Um, a goddamn Sharpie liquid pencil that I modded to actually write by melting around the barrel of a wooden pencil. Well, that's your mouth. <laughs> Man. <laughs> uh, that is what uh, just found its way into the show notes. Uh, I'm actually writing a pencil. Uh, it's actually, it's been a while since I've used one, and I forgot like how it's really... Um, and I'm writing in my uh, field notes black ice book. So, uh, Johnny, how about you? I am hope I'm not alone in having watched the last episode of Sherlock Four last night on PBS. Oh, I have not yet. Very much. Uh, no, I can't say anything. I'm up to the second one. The yeah. second of the season. Yeah, the second of the season. Oh my god, that was like the best one, that best episode they ever did. That was so good. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do, so. Do you like Sherlock, Courtney? I haven't. Oh my god, you should watch the show. It's so awesome. It's really good. That's what no, everyone yeah. is saying. There are no pencils in the show, but it's still a good show. True. Everybody just texts. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the first one they had moleskins and pens. It was like a pen tail. You know Sherlock uses black wings. Boo! Oh yeah. So our, our local station had that last night, and then Victoria, the new PBS series about Vic, Queen Victoria with Rufus Sewell. Which is pretty awesome, and in the and, same um, line. Okay. And what's your name from Doctor Who? 
What's her What's her name? Jenna Coleman from Doctor Who. I don't know who that is. She plays Victoria. <laughs> she looks like she's like twelve. Yeah, she she looks very young. Yeah. yeah, she uh she was the assistant to the last Doctor. I don't know what Doctor Who actually is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really don't like. I know the guy from The Crown was on there, and that's why he's famous. I'm like, oh, he just looks funny to me. So she was on when Matt Smith was on. Okay, that's so yeah, that's the guy from The Crown. Yeah. Oh. Each went off and kind of did their own like, um, well, and also like the the current doc. It doesn't matter. We shouldn't talk about okay. Doctor. This isn't a Doctor Who. Podcast. I, know, I, I feel like this is the show that I need to watch, but I have it's a feeling uh, I, it's I have hard to, go to get back into. Decades, right? Um, you can start with like the new season series, but there's like you know there's like eight seasons already, and you definitely need to start like pretty early on. Wow. Okay. I'll send you a primer. We can. Uh, we don't have to talk about Doctor Who. Okay. <laughs> So I'm I'm late to watching The Crown because I keep falling asleep, not because it's not well done, but because I'm tired all the time. So I'm not finished yet, but and you and Tim have watched it and said it was super good. So I'm plowing through, and I finally read Writing Down the Bones. Apparently, everyone in the world's read that book, but me. So I haven't read it. Okay. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Hey, the only other two people. No. <laughs> no, it, it's very interesting. So I ordered her sequel books, which I haven't read yet, because yeah. I keep falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm writing with the same pencil you're writing with, a bridge pencil, and I write nice. notepads in the pines, which oddly matches very, very well. I'm so jealous. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the few benefits of living in Baltimore City. So they get my write notepads first. <laughs> But um, they they shipped yeah. them this time in a uh, box, which is good because last time I think a lot of folks had some dings on their packs when they were in an envelope. So if you haven't gotten yours yet, at least you get to look forward to a cool box. So yeah, I uh, yeah, it looks beautiful. So pretty, so pretty. So we'll talk about that more probably in Fresh Points. So shall we jump into Fresh Points? <laughs> we should. <laughs> That was a beautiful transition. I to think of another way to say that. Like, <laughs> nice un, segue. Unstale, non-blunt objects. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so should I start on Fresh Points? Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> All right, so um, I felt like I should have had more to bring to this, but a couple of things that I had fresh on my mind, having just come back from our first wholesale market for the season – is Hester and Cook just debuted uh, some new artist erasers, which I've really been enjoying. Um, so we had done some similar to it before uh, and had some manufacturing obstacles, and those have since been resolved. And so we've re-debuted them with a new design. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's been good. And then we also just did something that, like a huge trend on um, all kinds of paper, uh, home interiors, uh, apparel, all kinds of different arenas are having this tropical theme come up. So hmm. we have a notepad that's got all these tropical leaves on the border, uh, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Those are my my fresh points. Real quick, going back to the artist erasers, what, what, yeah. what makes an artist eraser? So... For me, 
it is an artist eraser because it's what I was forced to purchase in my high school art classes. And so <laughs> I've always <laughs> I've always noticed them ever since then. Uh, we had to have a kneaded eraser and then these like rectangular gum erasers. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of for me where the genesis of it is. And I've always noticed them anytime I'm you know, touring artist studios. There's a lot of very artsy community here in Nashville, and they're all very open to having people come in. They'll all host events and things like that. So I noticed some of those tools that I've seen across my career and across my early days of art classes. Uh, that's, yeah. that's what makes them an artist eraser to me, having used them in art classes and then seeing them, you know, also in use for working artists as well. I'm, uh, I'm looking on the website. You don't have them up on the website yet, do you? Not yet. Cool. Is that <laughs> just in, wanna... in the picture under stationary? Yes. Yeah. Uh, with the cursive writing? Or it would be. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yes, it is. What, uh, what do they look like, the artist erasers? So it's an, a rectangular prism. It's probably about three quarters of an inch high by maybe two inches long and mm -hmm. an inch deep. Uh, and the top of that is stamped with our Hester and Cook logo, um, but it's just a rubber gummy racer. So it's like a, almost a caramel brown color mm -hmm. and it's somewhat opaque. It varies depending on the mix of the rubber that they're doing for that day. Sometimes they're very opaque and almost milky looking. And other times it's a little more of a translucent caramel color. It's hmm. cool. Tasty. Yeah. Yeah, I, want, I kind of want to eat one now. They taste as good as they look. <laughs> I, uh, I'll be honest, I've taken a bite of an eraser before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. You joined Charlotte. She's like, she in a kindergarten session ate all of her erasers, like consumed them off her pencils. I'm like, what do you mean you chewed them off? She's like, I ate them. Like, you ate them? You swallowed them? Yeah, she swallowed them. They will kill you. Yeah. In fact, they'll make you grow a lot. <laughs> and and learn sass. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where it comes from? Yeah. I think so. Because I went to Science. Catholic school and I didn't I never ate erasers and I never learned sass. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have erasers. Sad face. Yeah. <laughs> Were you allowed to make mistakes? We paid for our mistakes. Uh, I don't know if it's a sad thing. <laughs> they erased it with their blood and tears. Have you seen that episode of The Simpsons where Bart goes to Catholic school? No, and like oh. he makes he he messes around in math, so they make him hold the the textbooks up on his arms. That's about <laughs> it. That's about accurate. <laughs> okay, so, I feel like I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a I'm a little embarrassed. I do not actually have any fresh points. Um, what really? I know. I feel like I should, but I've basically. So I guess this is a fresh point in and of itself. Um, I am between jobs. Yay. I actually tomorrow I'm starting at Adobe. I'm gonna work at work there. Um, that is really awesome. It's okay. uh, it's uh, don't think the irony of how um, congratulations. You know, Photoshop has killed like like analog writing tools. Thing. Like I'm gonna go work for them. <laughs> um, but that would involve like like uh, writing or creation or. What am I trying to think? I basically just sat there and watched TV and consumed the internet for like a week. And I went out and did stuff, but um, I have no like interesting 
uh, stationary things of note to talk about because, yeah, I just basically sat on my couch and watched Netflix. But you're gaining a bunch of your life back in, with your shorter commute, right? I am. That's, I will have a. That's a yeah. fresh point. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I'll have a. I'll tomorrow. We'll see. I'll see for sure tomorrow. But I should be getting about two hours of my day back. Two hours every day. Yeah, because I awesome. during a rush hour to Facebook, it would be about an hour and a half um, commute each way. So it should be about half an hour to forty-five minutes, ish. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but Yay. I'll uh, I'll have more as I like enter society again and like, <laughs> yeah, do stuff. So, uh, Johnny, how about your fresh points? This first one is I was I'm glad you're going to talk about it. So, um, I finally published something new on my unknown blog today because I never updated um, about point retention and durability which was a post I wrote a month ago and I forgot to publish about um, my experiences during National Novel Writing Month regarding what we usually consider to be point retention, which is usually how sharp a pencil stays. And I discovered that, well, I mean, everybody probably knows it. Maybe I just, I don't know, I'm stupid and it took me a long time to figure it out, that point retention is really not just how sharp it is, but how long you can write with it. So... There were a lot of times where softer pencils were lasting a lot longer for me than harder pencils. So that was the point of my little blog post. But I think we should change point retention to point durability. Just, that, yeah, that makes and a lot of sense. And we should make t-shirts yeah. that say point durability, <laughs> which is also going to be my new band. Point durability. Yeah. I have to do this before I turn 40 or otherwise it's really weird. <laughs> it should be uh, in the style of one of those, like, Japanese pencils that say, like, made by elaborate process. <gasps> That's yes. genius, yes. <laughs> we have to call the pencil store and get some pencils made that say something like excellent point durability. Excellent, fantastic point durability. If only we knew somebody with a pencil store. Yeah, supreme only. point durability. Yeah. Or, or somebody who had, like, a whole brand of pencils. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel, I feel like we can make this happen. This is going to be big. <laughs> <laughs> Between us or CW, someone can get that done. I know. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> can make that happen. <laughs> yeah, but so I figured out that softer black wings actually last longer than harder black wings. So I don't know. Somebody accused me of being a black wing ad, which I just there's this reference. Those are the pencils I had that I was using. But yeah, I think that's uh, that's why I like the MMX so much because it actually writes forever before you get to sharpen it, even though it's you know, black butter. Yeah. There should be some sort of a, um, oh, some sort of a, like, ratio, like, depending on how big your handwriting is, the bigger your handwriting handwriting is, the blunter the, um, like, the pencil can be before you lose legibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I could, I, okay. I was going to say, I bet that we can, like, measure somebody's handwriting and tell them, like, like what pencil would work best for them for how long they want to write. And what paper. This is a service we could provide. I know. It's free of charge. Like, yeah. That would be worth it for the fun. What do you do all day? <laughs> uh, I tried, you know, six different pencils on this one book because someone wanted to know how it would work. <laughs> and we match people up with, uh, doesn't everybody match people up with their <laughs> like ideal pencil and notebook? <laughs> what did yeah. you get out of that? I changed somebody's life. <laughs> That's the most niche matchmaking service I've ever heard of, and I love it. <laughs> so you could, could get just, a really good thank you in somebody's novel. 
<laughs> yeah. We could. We should just build like a bot or something like that, like a like a website where we can do this. I bet we can get people on board with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I'm gonna do this tomorrow <laughs> for like everybody I know. <laughs> All night. Oh. No. So um also I noticed there's not a big moleskin group on Facebook, so I started one called Moleskinners, which is I, what Facebook I'm really does. surprised about that. I know. I'm like, there's gotta be one. There was one from Moleskinery, which is the greatest stationary blog that's ever existed. But it's closed and I don't think they're accepting new members. Yeah. So all the other ones are like, you know, ten people, mole skinners, you know, Baltimore, ten people mole, that share their skinheads. Things. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Did not join that one. Uh, too soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So um also on the moleskin thing, if you're a Harry Potter fan, there are Harry Potter moleskins. Two of them there are they're really cool, yeah. There's one that's the Marauders map, and it's canvas, and there's an Expecto Patronum one that's burgundy, the normal whatever material that is. They're awesome. They come with stickers. <laughs> Which is it's also a Hello Kitty. Uh, there's a new Hello Kitty Moleskin. I gotta get that for Charlotte. But um, <laughs> So Moleskin is out of them, but if you have a Barnes & Noble near you, especially if you have one of those like college bookstore Barnes & Nobles where nobody actually goes, they have them all in stock, like oh. in person. Which is so awesome. Do you guys use a lot of moleskins? I do not. I use everything. <laughs> well, do so you ever it. use... So in the moleskins that I use, there's the little pocket flap on the back interior oh. cover. And inside that, there's like a little piece that has information about moleskin. And then there's a little sticker. Oh, that quality control sticker? Yes. Mm-hmm. What do people do with that? Um... So if you've ever had a quality control issue with them, they usually take care of it, but they want that damn number. Hmm. So one of my my Harry Potter ones showed up pretty messed up. So they gave me a store credit because they were out of it, but they wanted to know what the quality control number was. Okay. Okay. I mean, I I knew that was like a quality control sticker, but every one of them has a different pattern, almost like they intend some use for it. Yeah, they, the quality control oh. number comes off of the rest of the sticker. Mm-hmm. So it's like a two-piece thing. But if you've got the sticker, you already know whether the notebook is messed up or not. So you don't really need the sticker. You've yeah. seen the number. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> that justifies the fact that they're 14 or 15 bucks now. It used to be 10 <laughs> So is there truth to the rumor that uh, Moleskine has like slowly been like improving the quality of their paper again? Like it's I don't know. I feel like they're like tight. Oh, I hope so. They're inexp- they're yeah. really inconsistent. Yeah. It's like I had a diary in 2009 that you could write with a Sharpie with. It was awesome. But my current one kind of sucks. Or it doesn't suck. It's standard Moleskine paper. Yeah. So who knows? What are the Moleskins that are fabric bound? Like they have like a really thick weave fabric bound. So the Little Prince diaries last year and this year were fabric and then they have some kind of weird like two-tone thing going yeah. on oh they've always got something new and crazy i think the new hello i thought the new hello kitties were fabric mm. <laughs> oh, <my. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so the harry potter one the marauders map is fabric they said to mimic the feel of an antique map okay <laughs> which sounds really stupid to your holding that you're like this is awesome <laughs> no is it sounds a... awesome yeah the Patronus one was kind of lame, except for the fact that it's Dementors on it, which would be a cool tattoo, so I bought that one. Are you going to get a Dementors tattoo? I don't know. I'm getting something Saturday, so we'll see. 
<laughs> you don't know what you're getting yet? You just have an appointment. I feel like for the last... I've only gone like twice and known what I was getting. But once I, just, I figured it out that morning. Mm. So, yeah. Do you, have any, do you have any ways you're leaning? So, I thought one day we'd get our podcast host tattoos and have a cross-section of a round pencil, a hex pencil, and a, a triangular pencil. But since I have three kids, that sort of fits. That's true. Yeah. Or yeah. otherwise, I might get something creepy because I like creepy tattoos. Like a Dementor. Yeah. All right. I kind of want to get a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> or the uh, the skull from like a, a 17th century um, Salem gravestone. Huh. Which oh, Les, yeah. Les will know exactly what I'm talking about if she's on here. Yeah. Well, we, we, we can get a different tattoo if and when we, we all get together and meet. I think we should just get something really big on our backs that says, like, badass. <laughs> or otherwise, I, get scorpion. I think I'm busy tattoo. that day. <laughs> we could get a giant scorpion, like the jacket from Drive, but, like, a giant tattoo on our backs. Ooh, how about a giant scorpion and the tail is, a like, a pencil tip? <gasps> All right. <laughs> you said it, and now we have to get it. <laughs> Let me just call, call, call Tim and yeah, get what's, him on this. What's halfway? Like, Chicago? Yeah, Kansas City. Well, I, I think I throw it way off. I think halfway for for me would be like would be like Denver. Okay, it'll be like That's on the road. Far. Gonna meet in Denver. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, right. uh, oh, the only other fresh point I have is that if you live near a Target, they've got some cool new pencils going on, um, and they finally mentioned the brand. It's called Paper Retail, and now they're on Instagram, which is cool. So you can see all the pencils that you need to go to Target and buy. Yeah. Um, like they had some that were like quarter size pencils that were white with a gold dip and I think Apex. So I only saw them once and I bought them all. So I don't know how long they're going to be around. Um, and they have those end dipped ones they've had for a while, but they're short and they're fat and the core is fat. Hmm. They're super nice. If you're near a target, definitely pick a pack of those up. They also have cool gel pens, but we don't talk about those on here. That's for your gel pen podcast. Yeah. I mean, they have one that's like sparkly blue, dark blue. It's pretty beautiful. but Sparkly dark blue. Yeah. I'll send you one. Okay. <laughs> so should we move on to our main topic? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, move, we're moving right along. I guess when Will, uh, when Tim's not here, <laughs> he just holds us back. Well, it was a long weekend. We're all well rested. That's true. <laughs> so, Courtney, can you tell us a little bit about what your job is at Hester and Cook? And I, I would I think actually that um, I'm really interested to know, Courtney, kind of like more broadly what Hester Cook is, and then how pencils and the pencil factory like fits into. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you edit that? <laughs> delete what I delete what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So Hester and Cook, the core of what we do is actually tabletop related. So we do a ton of paper placemats, paper table runners, um, place cards. Uh, we even source vintage silver plate flatware and put those together into place settings that people, you know, use on their tables. Uh, it's very tabletop heavy in that arena, but as I'm sure you noticed, it's very paper as well. So from doing the paper, we kind of got into doing a little bit of stationery with a couple of greeting cards. And that 
grew and grew and offered us the opportunity to get into pencils. So, of course, I jumped at that. <laughs> if there was any way that I could kind of work that, like, passion project into my real job, I was absolutely going to take it. So I just thought, well, you know, we're doing a little bit of tabletop paper or a lot of stationery. Like, let's expand that stationery category. And that's where... You guys found the uh, assorted pencil sets and things like that that were formerly branded under the Pencil Factory, but we've rolled all that branding into just our standard Hester and Cook name now. Uh, so it's very diverse, but a lot of fun. Uh, super paper heavy, but in the best way possible. And it gives us the luxury of getting to work with these tools that we love all the time, and we get to call it a real job. So I'm very <laughs> fortunate. <laughs> Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit specifically about your line of pencils that were formerly the pencil factory, but now like you have, you have, you sell a lot of pencils that um, if they're not impossible to find elsewhere, they're really, really hard, like bridge pencils and um, fat hex pencils. And there's really cool um, carpenter pencils that are half red and half graphite. Yeah. Yeah, so when we decided that we wanted to venture into doing pencils, we decided to take a road trip and go tour the actual factory that's manufacturing them, which is a third-generation family-owned operation. It's, like, super romantic. It looks just like you want a pencil factory to look. And they have an archive of all the pencils that they've made throughout the years, um, which was a hundred years of business in 2016. So there's a lot of pencils in that archive, a lot of different styles. And they let me take my time going through the whole thing and looking at everything that they've done through the years, everything Ooh. that they still offer. What? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> it was like a dream come true. I couldn't believe <laughs> I was like getting paid to do that. Like I'm the luckiest person. Um, but I saw things in their archive that I'm not seeing on the market currently. Um, and I asked them, you know, can we still do these? And the answer was yes. So we went for it. Uh, I found like on the bridge pencil note, this pencil that they used to make called a steno and it's long and skinny and is sharpened on both ends. Hmm. So there's no eraser or ferrule or, end cap or anything it's like you can write on both sides of it and they said that that was for stenographers so they could be like writing in their shorthand and um, mm. and then they could just flip the pencil over after it gets dull and keep writing without having to stop to sharpen and yeah. also told that that same long skinny style of pencil a lot of people would use for actually playing the game of bridge which I'm not super familiar with the game, but after hearing that it had these awesome pencils, I wished I had taken a look <laughs> at that game. <laughs> I've always do you have theories on why like why that skinny pencil is called a bridge pencil, Courtney? I I've heard some, but I'd be interested to know if you have too. I mean, it was just what they told us at the factory was that that was used for the game of bridge. Yeah. Which I don't yeah. know why a skinny pencil would be desirable for that. I'm not sure exactly what the scorekeeping I, system is like. I wonder if it's because you can, like, it's skinny and small enough you can just, like, tuck it into your pack of cards or, like, tuck it into, like, your like your stuff, like, to pack it up and take it away. 
I wondered the same thing. All the yeah. modern packs of cards that I've had are so tightly fitted to the, like the box fits to the card so snugly that you wouldn't be able to fit one. But yeah. it could be a holdover of the way they used to package oh. them. The, um, yeah. the cynic in me thinks it's a big for her thing. <laughs> it's like, oh well, here's some here's some extra special like lady yeah. pencils we can yeah. we can sell with the bridge players. Yeah, I had a couple vintage your um, small hands. Nixon <laughs> used to make some secretary pencils. They called them the secretary pencil. They were really Ooh. thin. Ooh. But, and the the ferrules were so thin. I think they were just cut off ferrules. Then none of them were closed all the way. Huh? I've never seen one of those. They're pretty. They're really pretty blue. Well, uh, why weren't they pink? I mean, they're secretaries. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I feel Can't like be too obvious. Yeah, yeah, just take it all the way home and make it. Yeah, pink. they probably came in like forty colors. Because the ladies like colors. Cool, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Courtney. What is what is your what is your background? Are you are you from a design world or art world or writing or anything like that? You know, I don't have formal training as an art director or artist or anything like that. It's been something that's just grown very organically uh, in my rise through the company. I mm -hmm. actually started with them. It'll be 12 years ago this year. Wow. And we started with making vintage doorknobs into bottle stoppers. Which, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, so different than what we're doing now, but it was a great start for us. And it was so hands-on um, and just such a very like tactile process. And another one of those things where I got to really enjoy the vintage aspect of the design that was happening at the time that, you know, the components were produced. Um, so we started with that. And I actually made every bottle stopper that we sold for like the first seven years. I was making them <laughs> all by hand. Uh, but it got to be where I was making bottles from like, you know, 7 p.m. to midnight and then going to bed, getting up, working in the office from nine to five and then bottle stoppers from seven to midnight again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, what am I doing? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I handed off the bottle stopper part of it and just kept working in the office, filling whatever roles needed to be filled. And as we grew, there became more and more of a need for design direction, for project management, for all those sorts of things that lead into having the luxury of touring a pencil factory as part of your yeah. job. So, <laughs> so it just yeah. unfolded in front of me and it's been just such a, a very fortunate turn of events that I ended up working with something that I've loved my whole life. I've always loved stationery. I've been a paper person for as long as I can remember. I've always collected pencils. Um, it's just kind of crazy that it led me down a path where now that's my job. So, so are we correct to assume that Musgrave makes all of your pencils? Yes, that okay. is correct. Awesome. So... <laughs> Um, within Hester and Cook, why was it important for you folks to have your pencils produced in the USA? So on the tip of, you know, us handmaking all these bottle stoppers out of vintage doorknobs, <laughs> we're like very grounded in authentic design and being hands-on with our products and knowing where something came from, knowing the history of it, and um, being the next 
part in the step of a product's, you know, its overall legacy. Yeah. So that's just who we are and it's where we come from. And our company as a whole is very invested in its culture and the area where we are and the fact that we have in our backyards, one of the last operating pencil manufacturers in the country, mm-hmm. how could we do it anywhere else? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I love that Musgrave makes your pencils because I feel yeah. like you definitely like kind of fit the aesthetic and, you know, they, they produce pencils that are just like, just kind of like fit the look that I think you're, that you achieve. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the right word to like, right word for it but i i love that they'll they'll do like some of the more unusual designs like bridge pencils and like the jumbo hex yeah because yeah yeah i um i definitely i see hester and cook stuff a lot out here um there's a lot of like little boutiques and i call them hipster gift shops things like that but (laughs) i say i say it with love not with like you know with like not with disdain or anything because they always have Hester and Cook pencils and that's awesome. Oh, well, yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all of the, the paper products that you guys offer are really beautiful. I love the notebooks. Um, I have that big notepad, which is really great. Um, are you going to, uh, this is, I guess this is a little bit of a leading question. Um, would you <laughs> be joining some other notebook makers in the future and offer a subscription service? You know, we haven't talked about it as a company, uh, as an individual at the company, I've thought about it uh-huh. to myself, <laughs> um, but I haven't really floated the idea to the rest of the crew. Yeah, uh, I, I would be curious to know if that's something that people are wanting from us because we always try to react to what our customer is looking for and you know give them what they're wanting. Yeah, but I haven't well, had a ton of requests for it. I've had requests for. You know, I mentioned doing the placemats. We've had people ask about doing placemats of the month, but Ooh. Ooh, yeah, cool. no, that would be really interesting. I feel <laughs> like um, I feel like Caroline Weaver would be like so into that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, see on her Instagram sometimes they have our we have like a gray and gold marbled placemat, and I see that in the background of some of her <laughs> things that she does. I'm like, oh, she's using our placemat like under the thing that she's writing. Yeah. Uh, so I get a kick out of that. But yeah, I would love to be able to offer some kind of a monthly subscription or quarterly or, you know, whatever it might be, subscription program yeah. people could join if there's a need for it and or a desire. If anybody has any strong opinions either way, uh, weigh in. I think um, you can do it in the group or on Twitter or you can email Courtney directly or if you're listening right now in the Mixler live stream, uh, yeah, post there. That would be That'd be interesting. Yeah, and there, there's only one um, subscription pencil service, and they're all, well, different, the same. And yeah. you guys produce a lot of different shapes and sizes that could be really cool. Yeah. It's true. It's You're really the first ones who have pointedly asked, like, hey, is that <laughs> going to happen? <laughs> well, if so. it does happen, we'll take... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So, as a pencil user, not necessarily as at your job, like what are your favorite pencils? Or a few of them. Yeah, I'm all spot. about, or I would say <laughs> most about the aesthetic of the pencil um, and then the use. This may be terrible. The use is entirely secondary to me. 
like the thing that makes me pick up a pencil and want it in my collection is what it looks like. So I don't even find out how it writes or how it erases or whether it smudges or smears or what the point retention or durability is like until I've thought it was pretty enough to pick up. So I definitely lean toward things that have a design forward approach. I love stripes on pencils. I love stripes on ferrules. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like the trend this year was stripes. Yeah. Ticonderoga I and Bic. think it was. And the, um, the, no offense to Charles, the ugliest black wing we ever made, the 56. <laughs> Sorry. The Ticonderogas <laughs> were very pretty. And the, there, there the are Bics a lot of were very pretty. Yeah. You're talking about, Courtney, though, um, stripes the other way, right? Like around, around the barrel rather than up and down the barrel. Either way. I'll take oh, okay. that. <laughs> yeah. So I like the Ticonderoga stripes that were down the barrel. Um, I'll take stripes however I can get them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even hate the Blackwing. I own a box of that and I've enjoyed it. I think I might have uh, actually used a Ticonderoga striped pencil more than I used the Blackwing. But, yeah, that was so pretty. There's yeah. no love lost there. <laughs> cool. Um, what about some of your favorite uh, pencil ephemera stuff, Courtney? What are some of your favorite erasers and sharpeners and caps? And Ooh. you know, not even for like necessarily aesthetic reasons, but just for like stuff you use a lot. So I haven't really gotten into caps. I only own one that I picked up at CW mm, probably a few trips ago wasn't the last time I was in there, but one of the recent ones. And it's just a an inexpensive brass. It's not branded on it that I've noticed. Uh, and it has a slit on one side, so it can kind of expand to fit the oh, pencil. This is the, from um, E&M. It may be. Mm. Those are nice. Those are really cool. Yeah, yeah. that's fit, the only one. everything. It does. It's really convenient. So that's been my one choice on the cap. I haven't even tried another, nor have I really had a need. I am not too hard on my pencils, uh, so I don't really break them often. I, If I'm traveling with them, I'll often stick them like in the spine of whatever, like the on our journals we have like an O-ring binding, and I'll drop the pencil eraser side down, down the binding of it. Uh, so I can just pull it out when I'm ready to write. So I don't That's even cool. really, I don't need a cap very often, but that is the yeah. one I own and I've enjoyed it. Um, on erasers, one of my favorites is one that I picked up on a trip to Germany at just a standard chain stationary supply. And it's a Pelican BR-80. Hmm. And it, it's uh, red and blue sandwiching a white stripe horizontally. And the oh, red, wow. yeah, the red side erases pencil, and the blue side indicates that it erases ink. It has a heavier grit to it, um, but it's a good-looking eraser. It's red, white, and blue. It's it looks very vintage, but still. Like, it's a br eighty. Oh man, that's pretty. Yeah, so I I ran oh, across. Wow. We did a trade show in Germany. I mean, we, we still do it, but the first time that I went was several years ago, and I picked one up for everyone on my design team and brought it back. And I was like, I just, you know, it's a little something. I know it's not much, but, like, I love an eraser, so <laughs> this is a beautiful one. I hope you love it, too. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's a really good-looking one. And I, 
Honestly, it's so good looking that I haven't even used it. (laughs) (laughs) I I might hoard a little bit. It's the great irony of an eraser. It's just like, not even the irony. It's the curse of the eraser. Like you have to destroy it in order to actually like love it and put it into use. Yeah, to fully enjoy it, you have to destroy it. Same with pencils too. Yeah, that's true. So you mentioned... um, erasers so what's next from hester and cook for pencils slash stationery it in as much as you can say yeah if it's not secret <laughs> if it's secret we'll just we'll just uh turn off the recording and you can just tell just the two of us <laughs> <laughs> um well we just did a big launch that was debuted this past week so anything that's secret is still pretty deep in the works right now. I'm hoping to be able to do some more pencil designs, though. Yeah. Uh, it's been, it's only really been about six or eight months, I think, since our last debut on that front. But I'm ready to do more. I just love them. I can't get enough. I would love to do something with a striped feral on it or incorporate stripes somehow. But with our... <laughs> With the way that we manufacture, from what I understand, the only way we can incorporate stripes onto the barrel of the pencil is with a wrap. And I don't really love wrapped pencils. Yeah. So Don't get Andy started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So jumping, can one thing we forgot to put on here is um, all of your um, Jumbo Hex pencils, each different color has a different typeface, a different design, and a different name. Mm-hmm. So can you, is there, is it a secret what the different pencils names are? Like the white one's volunteer and um, one's called the Hester, one's called the stationer. Can you talk about that? Or is that a I, secret? It is not a secret. I like that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I wish that maybe the answer were a little deeper, but part of it's an aesthetic choice of just uh, like the stationer to me, that kind of is an aesthetic tie in of it's a stationary product trying to make it look like it's from an old, like long history stationary shop, which you don't find a whole lot of anymore in the U S but you yeah. know, they did exist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story on the stationer. Um, the Hester, obviously the name of our company is Hester and cook, uh, It's founded by a husband and wife duo who uh, Hester is the wife's maiden name. So Mm -hmm. when you see that on a product, she's actually like the, as far as like the creative side goes, she and I brainstorm on all the products. So nothing happens that we haven't really talked about and batted around for a lengthy period of time before I really take it and run with it with my team. So putting Hester on that is not only a reference to our company, but it's a little callback to Angie who plays such a big role in the creative development of our products. Um, yeah. And volunteer that one, uh, Tennessee is the volunteer state. Oh, that's true. It is. Yeah. We thought that was a good way to kind of reference Tennessee because that pencil also goes into our, what was formerly called the Nashville set. Mm -hmm. Um, it's now called the Hester and cook set. And all the pencils in that set have a reference back to Nashville or Tennessee or something about our company being founded here. Hmm. So it used to be the Hester pencil in that set. And we decided to 
change that one, the, you know, the ivory colored one over to saying volunteer. So it fit in a little better with the set that all reference Nashville things. Hmm. Um, what about the bridge pencil? It's called bridge. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called bridge, which for us was like a, a funny little fit because bridge is what we were told the style of that pencil is. And that's yeah. what the manufacturer told us at the factory. Um, but Nashville also has a lot of bridges that are touch points for the city. So we have a lot of pedestrian bridges uh, just outside our town. There's the Natchez Trace Bridge, which is absolutely beautiful. Uh, if mm. you haven't had a chance to see it or drive the Natchez Trace, at least Google image search it because it's gorgeous. So it was like a, a double use in that name where we could call it what it meant while still keeping it relevant to our city and also making it kind of apply to any city, as yeah. with some of the other pencils in there. Um, like we have one called Midtown. A lot of cities have a Midtown, so people can still relate to that pencil name. But also to us, it has a deeper meaning because when we first moved the company out of Angie and Robbie's basement, we moved to this old building on... Um, Broadway in the Midtown area of Nashville. So it's a deeper reference for us, but anyone can relate to having a Midtown area in their city. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we try to put a Should little bit of meaning behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Should we talk a little bit more broadly about pencil aesthetics? Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Um, go on, I'm sorry. Okay. So aesthetically speaking, not, you know, core speaking, what do you folks look for in a pencil? I um, I think a big thing for me um, is I I like just like some like colors in there, and not something even necessarily where there's just like a lot of colors, but just like a just like some unusual color choices. I love. Um, I think I'll talk about this a little bit later, but on the um, the the Tombow, like the KMKKS pencil, which is just one of my very favorites. Um, there's, it's kind of this blue and white pencil, but there's randomly just sort of like this orange, like cap, like top on the on the top of it, on the cap. Uh, it's just gorgeous. I just love the like little random color choice on there. Oh, that's it's so, like your your affection for the um, the Nataraj pencil. Yeah, the Nataraj pencil, same thing. I love. Yeah, yeah, I love how they use. Yeah, like it's not just a colorful pencil. It's a they, they use just like some like random but like very you know, accenting colors. Yeah. Very com complimentary. So I, I love pencils that, yeah, just have a, just a nice like little bit of a extra color choice as, as like as part of it. Um, but you, I, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm interrupting you. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Courtney? Uh, I love the, the color also. I have one of those Nataraj pencils that's a uh, striped again. It's a yeah. green, white and blue stripe with the orange dip. Tip. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Love that color. <laughs> I love that. It's just so good. I wish that we had more capability like that in the states to be able to produce something that looked like that. Uh, I also love the imprint on a pencil. Mm. That's mm -hmm. one of the biggest areas for somebody to take creative control over the pencil and do something that just looks great. Yeah. So that's something that I, I definitely look for. I definitely like a like a stamp more over like something that's been stamped down in like foil stamped rather than something mm -hmm. that's been just like, you know, like silk screened on or 
God forbid, foil wrapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. But I also, I really love getting to see the wood of the pencil, mm. which not, not a lot of getting to appreciate the, you know, the wood casing on the pencil. When it's covered in paint, you kind of forget that it's even there as an aesthetic choice. So I have a, a sleeve of vintage uh, Musgrave pencils called a, I guess it's a Monona. And they were a beautiful, like clear varnished, dark wooden pencil with a white imprint on them. Ooh. They looked great. And this is something that they actually let me take one out of the archive. And so it's not in my pencil hoard. It's just design inspiration. And yeah, it the typeface on it is very basic, super legible, and has just a little bit of like a filigreed hit to it. But it's a plain wood, like natural wood, clear varnish with just white imprint stamping on it. And it looks yeah. great. Wish there were more things like that available on the market these days. That's lovely. Yeah. So you that plus striped ferrules, that's, that's my, <laughs> yeah. my go-to. How about you, Jenny? Um, so I want to say that I like interesting pencils, but looking at my favorite pencils, I tend to favor stuff that's kind of muted and something that's got something muted and attractive on the butt of the pencil. Okay. Such as, um, what's a good example of that? Like the camel? Yeah. The, the natural camels with the, um, the gray butt. <laughs> Or um, you know, something yeah. with a of the subtle, nice thick dip on the end. Yeah, I, I, I like a nice end dip. It sounds like a butt joke. You like? I really you like. like end, end. You like end dips, and you cannot lie. Yeah, <laughs> end dips and uh, bare metal ferrules. Yeah, that's my my jam. Huh. So it's a little yeah. bit the opposite of uh, what Courtney and I are saying over here. I know. I want to say I like bright pencils, but yeah. no, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it's, it's the middle of January. I'm like, yeah. Uh, whatever. Take yeah. a pencil and be gray. <laughs> so um, aside from, you know, what you're looking at with your eyes when you think of pencil aesthetics, what do you think of? Hmm. You want to go first, Courtney? Courtney? Yeah. Um, for me. Beyond just the visuals, there's the feel in your hand and not just how the graphite writes, but how the pencil holds in your hand. Mm. Uh, the way it feels after, you know, writing over a period of time, whether it's still comfortable or if you realize that you now own one of those pencils that was the reason that they invented pencil grips. <laughs> <laughs> So I go for something that doesn't ever require a pencil grip to be applied after some period of time. I want to be able to write and not hate my pencil. So that, that's big for me. And then, of course, the cedar smell. Oh, yeah. I was just at a party last night where um, I brought over some pencils and I was sharpening them <laughs> talking about them. And we were talking about incense cedar. What? <laughs> what? You have to elaborate on this. Yeah, why weren't we invited to this party? <laughs> what, are, what, what are you talking about? What's going on? So you, you went to a pencil at which you took pencils and... Oh, I'm sorry, you went to a party at which you took pencils and sharpened them and were talking about pencils? 
I did. It I want to just... know about this party. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just uh, Sorry, I was just like your laughing was <laughs> it was throwing me off. No, no, it was, no, uh, it, was, uh, it was laughters of joy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was um, it was just next door. Um, he was like, "Why do you like pencils?" And so I went back over here and I like grabbed some pencils and I brought them back over there. And part of what I did is I I sharpened them and had everybody just smell the like the the sharpening. And I was like, "That's." Like smell that it smells like a forest. It smells like cedarwood, and they're like, they're like, it does. That's amazing. Whoa! So I got everybody to sniff pencils. That's awesome. You're like the question yeah. is why don't you like pencils? Yeah. <laughs> What's your fella. problem if you don't? Yeah. What's up with you, fella? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah. It was. I. It was just right next door, like in like across the the hall in my apartment complex. Uh, so. I'm picturing you like pushing a cart. <laughs> <laughs> like pencil gear, like get your pencils hat. here. Yeah, but that's cool so, too. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when I like when I am trying to like consider a pencil um, aesthetically, kind of like a, as Courtney said, like the way it feels in your hand. I definitely feel like the weight has something to do with it. Like if it's usually. Like usually, if it's light and springy, then it's not like interesting to me. The exception of that being the Baron Fig Archer. Um, I think that's a feature, not a bug, with them. But generally, I like something a little bit heavier and something that has an eraser on the end of it to kind of like add a nice counterpoint when you're using it. Hmm. Um, I also really, I really like a like a thickly lacquered pencil. Generally, I think. Um, so what about a Wopex? A Wopex, it, it is, yeah, it is a little heavier. I do like holding a Wopex. They're um, grippy? Yeah, they're grippy. It, I, I like just like pressing in with my fingernail just because it's a little rubbery. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, dis, the disappointment with the Wopex doesn't come until you start writing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. yeah. um, Stuff for everybody. No, uh, okay. <laughs> no I, I, I definitely feel like, yeah, just the just like the thickness of the lacquer and like the weight is a definitely a big factor. Um, besides just the visual, just the visual aspects. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a big thing. Um, Courtney, what are some of your favorite like looks for a pencil? Like, like what, what, what pencils just like look especially attractive to you and why? Hmm. Uh, so one that I could say actually bought multiple of but have yet to use is the Koenar uh Hardmouth, I guess, the triograph. It's the triangular oh, yeah. big fat pencil with its wood showing. Yeah. Um and it has again I see now a stripe on it. So I do keep with my themes. <laughs> uh the it has the horizontal stripe going uh, as a feral wood with the black dip tip. And I actually bought that in a couple different hardnesses of lead. And the different lead grades had different, slightly different wood colors, which I really appreciate. Yeah. So I ended up coming home with a couple of those from my first trip to CW. Um, but another thing that I will look for is something that is just totally different from anything else that I own. If there's like this novelty aspect and not novelty and like you know a wrapped pencil with birthday cakes and it smells like birthday cake but <laughs> more yeah that could be cool too <laughs> yeah i mean i might buy that <laughs> um, just for example but, yeah but uh, 
She had in her shop a little pencil that looks just like a cigarette. And yeah. it's like the length of a cigarette. It has a matte finish on it, which is an unusual to have like an opaque matte finish. Uh, and it just looks exactly like a cigarette. It's, so It's remarkable how much it looks like a cigarette. Yeah, so yeah it's I, really I keep impressive. I'm oh, sorry. I keep one of those in my car, like on the visor for when I want to look cool. This is not a joke. It, when, just, keep it behind your ear. There's a, picture on, there's a picture on Instagram of me rocking that with a nice cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, on that trip, when I picked up that pencil, I came home and poured out all my pencil goodies in front of my daughter to show her, you know, my haul from CW. And she was like, uh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's yeah. a pencil. And she's like, oh, I swear. okay. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> It's yeah. my friend. I'm just holding it for a friend. Uh, <laughs> has, any, has anybody ever tried uh, smoking the cedar shavings? Just me? <laughs> that thing's probably cheaper than cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, Taxes. So I, I know I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, there's something about the Japanese pencils, like especially, that I just really love. Like, like that KMKKS is probably my favorite kind of like visual pencil um courtney are you, are you familiar with this one no i was actually just about to google it yeah yeah KMKKS. do it kmkks it so, um dee just did a good post comparing that yes she actually she actually posted in that um the two pencils that i think are just sort of the most attractive in the world um i think i mentioned something to dee when she when she did that but it's oh, that yeah, i own yeah, it's that mono yeah. KMKKS, and then it's also that uh, Mitsubishi Hayuni um, penmanship. That is a gorgeous, um, gorgeous piece of pencil. And I, I was trying to think of just why, just like it looks so amazing to me. And I, I just, I, I'm not. I mean, besides the color choices and the like, random assortment of information that they have like listed on the barrel, <laughs> it's just, just beautiful, and I, I just like it a lot. Um, it's just like of amazing quality too. Everything's just precise and perfect. Uh, the glossiness yeah. is just like unrivaled on those. Um, so I, I think that's why I like, you know, the Blackwing is not trying to look like a Japanese pencil. Um, I mean, it is a Japanese pencil, but it, you know, they have a very like Eberhard Faber American aesthetic. But I, I think in some ways that like original Eberhard Faber aesthetic is just seen a lot in these Japanese pencils. Like there were, there's always like way more information on the barrel than like happens currently. You know, it would, they, the Eberhard Faber ones would say wood clinched or they would say like electrographic graphite or something like that. Um, yeah. They just spent more time like putting like the right information on the barrel and they used like really beautiful custom typefaces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, for the same reason, I think like vintage Eberhard Faber pencils and modern day like Japanese pencils are among my favorite aesthetically. Oh man, I, so I enjoy the thick lacquer, but usually I go for something sort of natural or naked. Yeah, yeah. It's my my first love. Yeah. Even the um the right no pencil Lenore pencil that was dyed black and it's some sort of thin finish on it, it was still naked enough like something like that gets me. Yeah. So do you like it with no lacquer on it at all or just a clear oh, lacquer? Both, but no lacquer is always better. Okay. Like yeah. I want it to get dirty and <laughs> s- like I want to smell the pencil before it's sharpened. Yeah. You could like really get a patina going on a totally unlacquered lightwood pencil. 
just yeah, from the oil of true. your hand touching it and from, you know, the little bit of graphite that it'll pick up just from where. Yeah. I had a few uh, cedar points that smell like coffee. <laughs> like having it short. <laughs> yeah. So if you could think of the most absolutely beautiful pencil in the entire world, you know, writing or eraser weight withstanding, what would that look like? Oh my gosh. I don't have a quick answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I've already made my made my pronouncements about those Japanese pencils, but Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are such and I was uh, admiring after I realized that I actually own, own a KMKKS, I picked it up and was looking at the imprint on that and their characters have lines that are so close to each other but are yeah. still entirely legible. Like that foil imprinting is unparalleled in clarity. I, I have no idea how they must, they must do it so like quickly and get that down in there without breaking the like lacquer. You yeah, know what it's I mean? amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the paint doesn't yeah. have any show, like it doesn't show any sign of impression being pushed down in there, but the foil cut is entirely clean. There's no stray fragments of foil yeah. left behind. Yeah. That's really so, just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, they do it really well, and Mitsubishi does it really well. Um, yeah, something like Blackbeard has gotten a lot better over the years, um, but still, like, I don't think that they do it nearly as well as as those two companies. Yeah. For me, yeah. black wings are striking for the ferrule alone. It sets it apart so much from another pencil. You know mm -hmm. in an instant when you're looking at one of their pieces. Yeah. I do really like the um, like the Palomino Golden Bears. Uh, they generally have a nice stripe on the ferrule. Mm -hmm. like, the, um, like the blue one with the orange eraser has... Is that a blue stripe? Why am I not remembering correctly? The Golden the, Bears? Um, Golden Bears, yeah. Uh, do, do they still alternate blue or orange? Orange, color it is? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's um, I think yeah the 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 ones that are blue barrels and an orange eraser have a red stripe on them, and then the ones that are orange with oh I think they have a red stripe or like a dark orange stripe maybe, um, same thing. Yeah, big fan of those. When you're, I do you're, have to say that uh, oh, as far as the as far as the wraps go, I have some. They're now vintage. When I got them, they were, uh, you know, first issue, and I see it now says 1996 on it, uh, from <laughs> from Stylus Writing Instrument Company. But uh, some Beavis and Butthead pencils. You know, it actually says, I am Cornholio, I need TP, there's a half-eaten hamburger, the oh Beavis God. and Butthead logo, a Beavis with his shirt, you know, pulled up over the back of his head when he's Cornholio, <laughs> has the MTV logo, like, you know, I don't like a wrap pencil, but actually, I love this one, and the other one that came in the same pack with it, that's just a pattern of Beavis and Butthead dancing with slices of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I think they might have some things to say about Johnny's uh, Johnny he likes something on the butt <laughs> yeah shut up <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so I think a natural pencil with a silver ferrule and a pink eraser is sort of the, the apex of pencil design 
Hmm. And there aren't enough of these. There needs to be a black wing that looks like this. Yeah. With the twenty, the extra, oh, sorry, quote, extra firm or quote, firm core. Hmm. That could be the perfect pencil. Yeah. That's interesting. So I saw some people were saying that they love the extra information imprinted on a pencil. And I know that I'm always looking for more imprint on a pencil. But what are you guys looking for as far as the information conveyed from an imprint? I, I may be not looking for something so much informational as I am for just like those extra like little phrases and taglines and things like, like I do love half the pressure, twice the speed. Mm -hmm. Um, I really love the Mitsubishi, uh, 9000s, the, the general writings one that says, uh, made by elaborate process. Um, yes, that's, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's me really, too. That's really fantastic. That's um, a good tattoo. Now, also, <laughs> it would come off as well from an American pencil. I think part of it is like <laughs> right. the translation, you know, like it, yeah. it adds something to it. Yeah. Um, I do like, um, oh, I know that um, Generals has like, like some of their hex pencils, they put the little like hex with the circle in the middle, like as a, like a cutaway. They put that on the pencil itself. Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like some extra information like that. Um, there's like Everhard Favor occasionally had that, like, you know, that wood clinched is, is the motto that came off the back of like those, some of those Everhard Favor pencils. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Johnny? Well, as a, an aside, that could be a really good first tattoo for you. Made in by that, elaborate process? No. Wood clinched, <laughs> wood clinched in that the, the font that's on like the early 80s Mongols. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also <laughs> said wood clinched. <laughs> you said wood. <laughs> oh, shut up, buddy. I'm talking about pens. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh my. We're just going to do this for the rest of the episode. Is that cool with everybody? <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's funny. I feel uh, like I'm in between. Like I miss the California Republic part of the Palomino HB yeah. pencil line. But on the other hand, you know, I'd like at least one side of the pencil to not have anything on it, or maybe two consecutive sides to be naked. And that yeah, that doesn't always happen on the nicest pencils. It's true. Like Faber Castells wants to brag about how environmentally friendly their their uh, finishes by stamping the hell out of it. Yeah. <laughs> with non renewable gold foil. Like, okay. <laughs> you guys don't get some. No. Yeah. But um. Yeah. That makes sense. What about you, Courtney? <laughs> what are you, what are your favorite like information to read on the side of the pencil? Uh, for me. Uh the only piece that I'm really looking for is them to name the pencil and tell me where it's made and the grade of lead that's in it. Hmm. And then everything else is extra and I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I love like little icons thrown on there that probably have some reference back to something that means who knows what, but I'm sure it has a meaning, uh, yeah. which is like a little, it's almost like a breadcrumb trail that I can follow to dig into the meaning that they put on the pencil. Yeah. But really, I need a name, a country, and a grade. Yeah. So, also, I feel like old pencils used to have the purpose on there, too. Like, Oh, yeah, for know. general writing or for... Yeah. Bathroom, yeah. who cleaned it checklist pencil. <laughs> they were like, really specific about that. <laughs> I, I really miss that. That's true. 
Like that's part of the reason I like the historic cook pencils. Everything's got like a name, and like the Japanese pencils have a purpose. So if you put them all together, you'd be very happy. Yeah. So I, actually, here's a question for everybody: How do you feel about uh, barcodes on your pencils? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no thanks. Necessary evil. Somebody, um, somebody actually left a comment on um, a blog post of mine not that long ago uh, in defense of those barcodes and. Hmm. I'm trying to find it here. Um, essentially, it was it was basically just about like you know they would rather have it be like stamped in the pencil barrel than be on like a sticker that can tear oh, off yeah. and just get glue all over the place. Which yes, the residue. I, is a problem. Yeah, I totally understand that. That happens to me, and I I guess I can assume that not most pe- like most people don't rub their like rub that with rubbing alcohol to get the extra residue off. They just have a slightly like I do. Gum, gummy pencil for a while. Good. I'm, I'm sure most of us listening to this podcast or on yeah. this podcast probably. Yeah. Do. Have a but, dedicated uh, bottle of alcohol just for that purpose. <laughs> just just for getting <laughs> sticker residue off. So um, Karen Dash did a good thing where they put a little piece of plastic on the end of the pencil that has the barcode, and then you can rip that off when you're done. Oh, nice. And it's good. gone, but yeah, like that they're like singular in doing yeah. that. I generally, yeah, I generally don't care for the barcode and. Um, I know that is one thing that kind of ruins the uh, that mono uh, K and KKS for me is that it does have it does have the barcode on there. Um, most yeah. of the Japanese pencils do, I think, because they're also like pretty efficient. Um, you don't have to worry about things getting mislabeled; they just stick that skew on there, like that UPC, like at the factory. It's but, funny because I was noticing on the barcode on that uh, K and KKS that. Yeah. The barcode is the one spot that the imprinting doesn't look phenomenal. That's true. It, like it happened, like it looks like maybe it went through afterwards. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, it's a white on that, and, and the all the other foil stamping on it is silver. Yeah. Which was also nice that they they picked a color that coordinated with the rest of the pencil, but they, you know, still they toned it down. They didn't use the silver. They gave it yeah. its own process for adding that barcode. Yeah. Probably the silver. I bet it wouldn't scan very well. Like it may not be high contrast. No, it enough. wouldn't. Yeah, yeah that makes it would sense. be reflective. Yeah, but um, yeah, barcodes. So um, I'm interested to know, uh, Courtney. Do you have any any idea that what what to you is the ugliest pencil that you've ever used or seen? Oh man, I would say probably what. I know what other people might think is the ugliest pencil, and I feel like it might get some of the like Wopex hate that uh-huh. <laughs> that our community has. Um, it's unfounded. <laughs> <laughs> but I had this pencil when I was in fourth or fifth grade, so this is the early '90s, and it was from Sanrio, which is you know the company with Hello Kitty and all of that. Mm-hmm. It was a clear casing of sorts it wasn't a true casing but a clear casing that had an imprint all over it that was Karopi the frog character they had little Uh scenes with their frog character on a clear casing and then the lead in it was you could like see through to the lead but the whole thing was pliable so you could bend the entire pencil what? Oh yeah. yeah I, so I remember it, these, yeah. It didn't write very well. It you know, since it had so much of that like plastic rubbery aspect to it, it had a very light imprint on the page. 
But it was so cool. But I'm sure that now, you know, if I were to encounter that for the first time today, I would probably think it was a hideous pencil. But, <laughs> and I loved it. It just sharpens it. It's, it's like, like not a glue <laughs> I, stick, but like a, like a hot glue gun stick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it seemed very much like a hot glue stick. She could sharpen it with a lighter. Yeah. <laughs> you, you probably could have. It was really funky when you would sharpen it and pull it out of the sharpener, you could see exactly yep. where the sharpener stopped because it wouldn't give you that clean cut. Or yeah. maybe from a flip side, it gave you too clean of a cut. It didn't blend it the way that wood does. Yeah. It would just keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Johnny? Golden Bear. Oh, boo. <laughs> That's the ugliest? No. I, Johnny's I don't know. just trying to retaliate for that uh, Wilpex comment. <laughs> I don't know. I th- I think I don't know. It's hard to decide. I think something with colorful erasers ten- that tends to turn me off. Yeah. I like a pink eraser, maybe white or black, but you know, when the erasers start matching the pencil too much. Eh. Yeah. Too I, um, much. Too much. That's that's my ugly. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I, so the, a pencil that is so ugly, I actually really like it. Is the um, the testing uh, to the testing one hundred pencil. Mm-hmm. Like that, just that like silver with that weird ass font on it. Like it, <laughs> like it's so, it's so ugly. I it's actually so think big. it's kind of cute. <laughs> it's just so big. The imprint. Yeah. Sure I agree with it. Because get what pencil so it's cute. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of like old IBM, like computer age. Like we're just getting into the technology, but we're still using pencils. That pencil yeah. reminds That's me of a pen I found in a parking lot. I got run over by a car <laughs> twice. It's ugly. It's a piece of crap. Why does anybody do this? But somebody will use it. Yeah, somebody uses it. Um, People are. I think, if I, I think if I were to pick like a an ugly pencil, like that was not sort of like cute in its in its ugliness. Um, <laughs> probably just like a like a crappy Office Depot pencil, like the like the really just muddy yellow pencils. Um, yeah. Like a bright yellow pencil, like a Ticonderoga is like like lovely and just like very you know just very iconic but you know some some of the yellows are just this this gross cheap brownie brownish yellow pencil and i don't i don't like those very much yeah then the ferals are very shiny yeah it's like why yeah yeah Yeah. some that i really can't stand are ones that have the wrap on them but you can see where the wrap overlaps itself (laughs) oh yeah Oh, yeah. And then sometimes they'll even go so far as to do a foil imprint over wraps. And I just <laughs> don't understand that. <laughs> um, but one yeah. thing I could do with a little less of is the lead that is a composite of multiple colors. So when you color mm. it look, or when you write, it looks like vomit. <laughs> the magic pencils. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah so i feel like you can do that well or do it badly like those magic pencils look like crap but there are some from um camel that are the perfect rainbows so if you twirl your fingers just right while you write it's perfectly roy g biv but Ooh. you know that's not really practical to do anything with. like charlotte could sit there at a coffee shop and rotate them and actually like color with yellow and color with blue but it's kind of like using a harmonica. Like I can't cool. blow into a harmonica yeah. and make an actual sound. It just comes out like with all of the, the sounds. Charlotte is the pen- <laughs> the rainbow pencil of that guy from Blues Traveler. <laughs> she is. 
She's she does. But she's like, I think I need glasses, Daddy. Pretty sure you don't. Pretty yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, anything else we should talk about in in pencil aesthetics? Any questions from the from the crowd? I was going to go over and like look at some of the Facebook comments on our our thread about that to see what people have been saying. So while you look at that. Um, can I ask about the white pencil? Because that's a really, really specific thing that you guys have a, cert, uh, a separate yeah. set for. Good yes. And it's a, it's a pencil with sort of a really specific utility, but within that use, it's really, really awesome pencil. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have this whole line of what we call chalkboard papers. So it's just a black paper, but it makes it really fun to write on with that white pencil that we make. And it's a whole different writing experience. And I see our customers suddenly get so creative. Like they will tell me that they are not a creative person. They're not an artist, this or that. And then they'll pick up one of those and I see them like start to doodle instantly. It just unlocks something in people. So that that's just such a cool thing to me. Yeah. That's cool. But, yeah, so that's the, that's the one that uh, we named the Midtown Pencil. So it for us, like, that was the first place that we moved after, you know, I was saying after we moved out of the owner's home running the business from that, we moved into the Midtown location. So it's like a first step kind of thing. And I see that also happening with the customers when they tell me that they're not creative and they can't think of nice things to do with papers. And then I see them pick that up and it becomes a first step for them. Of figuring out something that they can do that is creative and is artistic. Yeah. Or it also for some people is the first time they actually even enjoyed writing with a pencil. Yeah. Um, somebody in the chat, um, Mika wants to know if uh, those chalk pencils are also made by Musgrave. They are. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, they're really, I, I wrote on my uh, kitchen cabinets with them because I thought they were chalk. Mm. They're not chalk. So it's still not there. chalk. But my yeah. uh, coffee mug cabinet says "Daddy rules." So, Hester <laughs> <laughs> and Cook could thank for that. I mean, yeah. it'll, it'll it's come. It's a off, timeless but... sentiment. Yeah, I don't want it to come off right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually heard that from a couple of people, not on their cabinets, but on a slate chalkboard. I'm like, well, it's a chalk style pencil, and so we have changed the packaging to make it even more obviously state that. Like it doesn't erase, it's chalk style, like it's for <laughs> it's recommended for use on paper, like all this yeah. stuff. I'm like, I, I don't want anyone to ruin their chalkboard or cabinets <laughs> with it, but uh, <laughs> they do write on windows. I've written on windows before them before. Oh, I haven't tried it's that. It's very a beautiful mind to write on your mirror <laughs> and your, your library windows. Oh, I'll totally <laughs> have to try that now. Yeah, I've never done <laughs> Cool. So yeah, here's here's some of the things people have been saying about like what they like in pencils. Um, Craig Crow says he likes he's a sucker for attention to detail in the ferrule or the end dip. Uh, yes. A stripe, a stripe, or some artful ribbing, something to distinguish the pencil from the ocean of similar products out there. Um, some pencils that do that really well are like the Stadler Norris and the Faber Castell 9000, the end dip, uh, and then the ferrules, the USA Gold, the Blackwing 530, the Mongols, the Murados. You know, I think. Um, some pencils use the the ferrule stripe as kind of their signature, like Mongols and Ticonderogas. Um, Dylan uh, really likes a classic look, like an interesting typeface. Uh, he also likes um, too much information. 
So if the foil stamping is too minimal, it's just a little boring. The, um, oh, what are they called? The Shazans pencil, like the, the goldfish. Uh, they have a lot of information on them. He likes that. The General's Goddess has an amazing typeface um, that say General, General Pencil Company. He loves that they put, like, they write all of that out. You know, it doesn't just say, like, generals. Uh, he also likes interesting fair rules. Uh, when you look at it, it looks unique. Um, let's see. Charles de Curtis really likes um, pencils with, with dipped ends. He wishes that, like, all of the best pencils were, were offered, like, a version of the dip, dipped ends. He also hates barcodes. Um, Lee Jones thinks the color of the barrel is pretty important. Um, in his, in his favorite, uh, the Tombow 2558 is really great. How they take kind of a traditional yellow design and then they make it a little bit orange and then basically put like a burgundy ferrule on it to make it stand out. Mm. Um, I, I agree. At first when I saw that one, I thought it was like a little boring. Um, but then I just like the more I kind of like looked at it with the purple ferrule, I guess I, I saw purple, he saw burgundy. Um, and then that orange, that yellow orange is a little bit different too. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and then Jan Scott uh, actually likes barcodes. She goes, she'd rather have a printed barcode at the end uh, that you would sharpen with a cheap stick, which leaves glue uh, that will not come off and sticks to the sharpener. So um, she actually likes the barcode, like printed on it. Um, well, somebody. Um, to interrupt, Sorry, go on. Some, sometimes at art shops, or my favorite art shop, since generals generally doesn't use barcodes, it sort of causes havoc when you check out with a bunch of generals um, yeah. singles. They're like, oh my god, you know what? what's the layout? What's the drafting? What's the 2B, um, Kimberly? Yeah. It's like something is usually pretty good when they're in yeah. singles. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, um, somebody mentioned the... Um, Oh, actually, Ann Sipe is going to do a giveaway and include a um, Nashville sampler box, which is cool. Awesome! Um, call what? What are we calling it now, Courtney? It's um, it's just it's just a Hester and Cook sampler. Cool. Yeah. Um, I was going to go over to Twitter and see if anybody there has. Yeah, somebody likes uh, second favorite thing on Twitter. Likes um, thinks less is more. So a very simple color scheme and not too much text. Um, Scott Heath suggests that something that is uh, something that's very well thought out that stands out from the crowd is best. So probably something where there's like an attention to detail and actually has like like something that's that's useful in the details. Um, and of course, Toffer says something that looks like it's been made with care and not just materials thrown together, mm. which is something that happens a lot in pencils, honestly. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, Adam Blaine from the desk of Adam thinks likes likes all black everything. So. I think like the um, the CW pencils pencil and um, like the Lynn Blackman twenty four. Um, I think that uh, yeah, that's that's right up like Adam's alley. I don't know. I don't mind all black pencils, but I, I just really like some colors. Like an all black pencil with like a little like hint of some other color would be really great. So <clears throat> we're gonna sign off. Um, Courtney, can you tell folks where to find you professionally and if you want also personally on social media and the internet? Yeah, sure. So general internet, the company is hesterandcook.com and that's all spelled out. And conveniently, it is the same for every platform we're on on social media. We are all <laughs> at Hester and Cook with it, and is all spelled out. 
Um, and personally, I'm at Courtney.Cochran, and that's C-O-C-H-R-A-N, and that's on Instagram. Excellent. How about you, Andy? I am on uh, on the internet as woodclinched, W-O-D-C-L-I-N-C-H-E-D.com. Uh, and then I personally am on Twitter as at A Wealthway, A-W-E-L-F as in Frank. That's what I usually say. I was trying to think of like a good pencil that starts with an F off the top of my head. Um, F-, F as in feral. Yes. Ellie. <laughs> um, and uh, also on Instagram is that same. So uh, how about you, Johnny? So as of today, I actually blog again on pencilrevolution.com. And uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Pencilution, and I'm on Instagram at my whole name, well, my nickname slash and last name, all no punctuation. Yeah. You you know what would be a really good hashtag? No one calls me John. (laughs) I don't think you know how hashtags work, John. Charlotte has a problem with air quotes. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, you don't mean that. I um, I so I think somebody should make a social media handle that is just the words uh, "my whole name," so that could, they could really troll people. Like people are like, oh, what's your what's your like handle? And just be like, oh, it's at my whole name, and then they can't find it. At Anyhow, my my internet persona name. Yes, not, John is not my real name, and Gamber is not my real last name. <laughs> <gasps> Hashtag mystery man. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag mystery. Um. All right, so we are the Erasable Podcast, the world's first, last, best, and worst um, pencil centric podcast. You can find us on the internet at erasable.us. This particular episode will be at erasable.us slash 67. Um, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash erasablepodcast, on Twitter at erasablepodcast, on Instagram at erasablepodcast, and we are 1,500 strong at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable, which is the best group that was on Facebook as of when Andy left. There was a poll <laughs> and a memo that went out that we are the best Facebook group in existence. <laughs> Excellent. Mark Zuckerberg can, even signed it. I can prove it, man. I got a screenshot of it. <laughs> so, I yes. concur. So yes. thanks for listening and catch us as we approach episode 70. Woohoo. We're almost at three years. Yeah. Hashtag wow. holy <laughs> <laughs> That is how hashtags work. The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain, a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com. Gaze catches me with wonder.